Hey everybody, this is Brendan Gersall and you are listening to the Speaking of Podcast. Today I continue in the little series of talks we're doing regarding the Lord's Prayer. And we sit down with my friend Jay Muir and Dan Lamus and Anthony Moore and we talk about God's Father nature. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Here it is. Welcome to the podcast uh, here with uh, Dan Lamus and Anthony Moore and Jay Muir. And this is the second installment of a little devotional conversation podcast we're having surrounding the Lord's Prayer. Uh, first things first, though, guys, when it comes to sparkling water, that wasn't that sounded like I was going to start into an advertisement. It really did. Yes. When it comes to sparkling water, you're going to want compliments <laughs> sparkling. Wait a second. What is your favorite? We got in this on the last uh, podcast. Ooh. What What's your go-to sparkling water beverage? I got to go with bubbly. Really? And I think bubbly has more flavor per fizz bubble. I think you're wrong. I think other, you're, any yeah. Other. You really? think so? Yeah. I think bubbly is more artificial tasting than most. You're a compliments guy? Have, have no. you tried, producer Ron over here has the aha. Uh-huh. Well, no, I can't oh, speak no, I, I haven't not. tried yet. See, so if I you try aha, uh-huh, uh-huh. you're going to have a, a eureka a re- moment. A <laughs> you're going <laughs> to have an aha uh-huh moment. Because yeah. I do, I go, I'll go with you on the bubbly pound for pound, a lot of flavor. Yeah. Aha uh-huh notches it up. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's almost pop. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I got to well, say, I, the Perrier <laughs> strawberry is good. Yeah, okay. I get frustrated with the size of the can, though. Yeah, it's, it's there's, just, no, there's no need of that. It's just a teaser. I feel it like I'm going to swallow that in yeah. one yeah. one foul swoop. Yeah, yeah. one foul, Ooh, fell, 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 one fell, fell swoop, foul, one fail, you know, you fail. Depends no, on where you're from. It's fell. It is F E L L, right? That's yes. a common misconception. One fell swoop. I hear you hear one, one foul. foul swoop. I know. Yeah. I grew up. Let's go through. Let's go through all of our favorite grammatical PC brand blue can. Lime is PC. Boom! Wow! Top, top of the pile. Hmm. I'm not sure. It's got the that. most. It's I got the most kick. <laughs> if you can have carbonate, carbonated liquid with more kick, that has it. Okay. It'll tear the throat right out of you. Okay, wow. that's what you want in a good wow. yes. You do. You want a little. You pain. want a punch. Yeah, you want. Some you pain. want punch. Mm. Makes you. Makes you w- grimace. Yes, it does. Is it grimace. Yeah, you can't guzzle it. Makes <laughs> you wince. A little bit going down. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to, uh, the, the format is going to read a devotional I wrote about uh, the Lord's Prayer, and then uh, we'll just discuss what themes uh, spoke to you, and, and specifically, uh, yeah, we'll just kick some conversation around on the topic. So, without further ado, I'm going to uh, wet my palate with a Perrier strawberry. Won't take you long to drink, drink it, the man. whole thing. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you five seconds. Yep. There you go. And Ron's going to put some music, some 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 hip hop, some chill hop beats to this, or maybe something else. Who knows? He's got a wicked beatbox. He's going to fuck. He could beatbox. I don't, I don't yeah. know if we take it as seriously. <laughs> we probably wouldn't. I, I think I think I'm going to share something quite nice okay. here um, that requires <laughs> some degree, <laughs> some degree of <laughs> seriousness. Maybe. But pull, uh, pull it in here, Anthony. All right, here we go. Uh, let's do this, Father. What comes to mind when you hear that word? Is it love, strength, character, safety and provision, consistency, authority? Or perhaps for you, the word father conjures up a different, not so positive word association. Maybe absent, angry, selfish, abusive, distracted. 
There are, are few words in the English language more loaded than the word father. One would do well to find any other figure in the fabric of society that carries more weight than a father. Power enough to lift or crush the human spirit is found in that small six-letter word, Father. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he began with the word our to focus our attention on the fact that we, when we pray, we pray together as a collective community. He then begins to frame our focus, everything that follows in this lesson on prayer through the lens of the word Father. Why would Jesus use such a loaded word to align our prayers? He, in all of his sovereign wisdom, surely would have known that depending on the individual praying and their history and family, there would be a broad spectrum of possible loaded responses to such a portentous word. For the one person, thinking of God as a father is unbelievably helpful. If you're like me, you're blessed to have had a great father on earth. Then it, comes, then it will come as a liberating and freeing thought to think of Jesus as a father, the way he wants us to approach God, first and foremost, as father. If God is half as good at being a father as my father has been to me, or if he loves me half as much as I love my children, then I can rest easy in his ability to care for me and his immeasurable love for me. He is by nature infinitely better than the best earthly father. That said, for some people, praying to God as father isn't initially helpful. It's a hurdle. They've not experienced fathering in any positive way. But maybe Jesus isn't trying to throw salt in your father wounds. Perhaps he knows that even though you haven't experienced what a good father is, you know what it isn't. And that va that vacuum in your soul speaks to a heavenly standard of who a father should be. Perhaps this prayer is an invitation to the fatherless to trust God to fulfill all the gaps and wounds left by the father they've lacked. The reality is, for those of us who have had good fathers, even the best of them aren't perfect, and they still leave something to be desired. Every earthly father is limited. You quickly learn the reality of your own limitations and inadequacies when you have your own children. Even the greatest men with the best intentions still fall short and know it because something inside every human being tells us deep down, this is what a father really is, and this is what a father does, and this is who a father should be. I believe that is the point. Jesus calls us to posture ourselves when we pray before a perfect, heavenly, holy father. He wants us to draw from either the best experiences or the worst and aim them at the standard of what a father should be, the one that is buried deep inside of us, and then he wants us to pray to that perfect heavenly father. A father who is perfect is a father who never drops the ball, never loses his temper, has more than enough to feed and provide for his family all that they'll ever need. He's fiercely loyal, protective even. He's full of joy and passion for his kids. There is primary interest, affection, and focus. He's unimaginably biased and favors his kids beyond measure. The perfect father teaches and guides his children through any and all circumstances of life with grace and wisdom that's come from experience. He loves his daughters. You should see him with his girls, so careful and attentive. And he loves his sons, especially when they try to act like him. He is patient and so forgiving. There is nothing that his children could do that he would ever disown them, shun them, or reject them. Nothing. He is always there when his children need him. 
and aware of the smallest desires and details in their lives. He is generous beyond belief and he is incredibly rich. So his kids don't ever want for anything. He's capable and protective. So his kids don't ever need to worry either. He guides, corrects, shapes, heals, restores, and even enjoys the small, seemingly mundane things in life with his kids, never too busy for them. Above it all, he loves his kids with a ferocity that words cannot describe. All of them. And not just his children, but their children and their children's children, they're all his. And he's got room enough in his family for every single one of them. That's a perfect father. How would you pray today? If God were a father like that, he is. Pray on. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Got a little emotional reading that, guys. Not going to lie. Mm. Yeah. What... Uh, I got a couple of questions to ask that maybe might stir the right uh, conversation, but anything jump out at you just even in the reading? Hmm. Well, I, I, I mean, I love that opening question, you know, like what, what do you think of when you hear the word father? Um, it's funny because, uh, I, I would say there's a certain, um, Certain dynamic to father for me that's, uh, which sounds a bit, I don't even know how to describe it. And on the surface, it seems good. Because I feel like I had a great father. But there's also an edge to it because it was a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. There's a certain amount of, I was supposed to. There's a certain amount of, well, he's your dad, so you're supposed to say he's a great dad. Right. But thinking back... I know my dad was was broken and frail like all the rest of us, and there was an unpredictability to my dad that always bothered me. Hmm. Like he was he was a great friend to people, and he was, but he also was a guy who really went out of his way. I feel like I'm like dissing my dad right now. No, Sorry, cool. Dad, you're awesome. Uh, <laughs> but um, but there was a. But he, but he really wore himself out being a super nice guy, great friend. And when it came time to me at times, I got whatever was left over. Right, yeah. There was a little bit of an unpredictability to it that always bothered me, but I felt like I couldn't question it. So I've had to realize I've put that under God. Right. You see God that, as unpredictable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, you know, if I'm, especially if I'm not really living up to who I'm supposed to be, what's God going to do? Well, it depends if he's tired or not. Wow. Like it depends on how, yeah. like on edge he is. I mean, so, you're, yeah. you're you're going right for the jugular, really, of of a lot of this. That it's unbelievable how likely we are to transplant whatever father mm. issues we have yes. onto how we perceive God. Yes. Like, yeah. oh yeah, it's right. not. If you just dive into that at all, you can quickly see the wisdom in Jesus saying, "Okay, let's start with this. Our Father." Mm. In heaven, like, because that goes right to the heart of how we we see God. Yeah. Yes. I would say it's almost impossible not to do that. Just the way that we're wired as human beings with our dads, like, it's impossible not to try to humanize God in the image of our earthly dads. Like, I was thinking the whole time you were reading that, not, actually, none of us know 
even if we had good dads, like I had, I have a great dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he's not perfect. Right. Yeah. Right. Like he, and dad, if you're listening, I love you. Yeah. (laughs) So much. He's a man of incredible integrity, loves his kids, loves his wife. Amazing example, but not super descriptive or forthcoming with praise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I carry that into my relationship with, with the Lord. Yeah, I, really, I, and I noticed yeah. that too. Yeah. Dad, well, so, yeah, and to be fair to your dad or all of our dads, though, like you could, a, fa- a an earthly father, let's say, like they could they could go ten out of ten, like just did everything perfectly. And I think of my own dad, like there's nothing I look back on really in my life, and I would say now that I'm a dad and I can see him through that lens and how he handled me, I would say, oh, I would have done that differently. Yeah. Like so much of what he did, is, I was like, yeah, yeah. You, this is the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I remember I was one time, uh, in a room with, uh, a handful of like senior pastors from around the United States and a bunch of them were talking about their father issues. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there thinking like, and how we transplant that on God. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, it is wild how, you know, you can have a perfect earthly father, even although a lot of people don't, and you still, it leaves something to be desired. Yeah. Yep from God. And I think that's, that's, that says more about God's, the space in our souls for, for God to satisfy that our, our earthly fathers were never actually meant to -hmm. do. And I, I shared this, I'll share this analogy. Like I, so, you know, you were saying like, you know, your father was maybe slow on giving praise or whatever, you know, I also developed this like mechanism to be kind of a high achiever, just wanted to win and succeed. And like, I look back on how, you know, my parents were very supportive of all the endeavors I I was in, you know, my dad, like, you know, never, never got too into it or too dismissive of it. Like he just, he he navigated that as good as I think any human being could. And yet there was always this like, yeah, but am I, am I doing a good job? Like, am I good at this? Am I awesome? Like, Mm -hmm. tell me, and even Uh, (laughs) you could say it every day and it wouldn't be enough. You know, and it's like, it speaks to the hole in your soul. There's two, there's two things that work here, right? And just hearing you talk, all, all of you talk, which I'm in a similar boat. One is love covers a multitude of sins, which it's happening, right? Like you, that is the the characteristic and this interesting detail of like, and this was what jumped out at me when you were, when you were going through this is that everything about your father that is good, you know, that is what eventually at some point you come to the realization that it is the way a father should be. But every way that your father isn't good or has shortcomings, you're also aware of that too, right? Like the fact that you're aware, like you don't assume like my father was a jerk and I think that's actually good. Like, you know, in your relationship, your father, you're, you're aware of their shortcomings. So you actually innately you develop this framework of what's good and good and bad. You just pick up on those things. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe you don't notice it right away, but at some point I think you come to a realization, even in hindsight, sometimes when I look at back at my dad, I, I see things that were good and I acknowledge those as even good and godly things about my father, but also the way his shortcomings too. I recognize that is the way it's not a good way. And it had an adverse effect on me growing up. I just think the awareness of that mm-hmm. yeah. is pretty, is pretty key. And it just, it seems to me like it's innate, like you, we all have those, we all carry this image of our father and we are all aware of how a father 
like the fact that we're aware that how a father should be or shouldn't be mm-hmm. says something. Yeah, yeah well, you know mm-hmm. what? Yeah, you know what's in- interesting to me. You said there were two things. So I'm cutting you off. No, no, no. That was the the two. The first thing was love co- covers a multitude of sins. Okay. In the way that we love our parents unconditionally, right. despite the shortcomings. So it actually the okay. lo- the love covers that, and that's right. the second one I wanted to right. Get we out, we yeah. we know in our gut that isn't yeah what a good father is right. You know, thinking back, I mean, coming full circle with my dad, what he did teach me was he taught me interdependence because my dad was very much a community guy. Like he, was, he wasn't a solitary guy. Right. And I was thinking too about how, you know, we raise kids when we're young. Like by the time we get any wisdom, our kids are grown, right? Like, right. Yeah. So it's right. funny. But, yeah. but it highlights something to me that I love. We were never meant to be amazing dads on our own. Mm. Or moms aren't meant to be amazing moms on our own. We're meant to be depending on the Lord and Mm -hmm. tapping into his provision always. And that is something that I would say, come away. It's as uh, when I was a kid, nobody was talking about dad issues. Like that was just wasn't a thing. Like, and I think, you know, um, as I got to be an adult, that's when people were talking more about, hey, maybe your problem is, you know, the way your dad was with you and so on. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure my dad wouldn't have thought about any of that. Yeah. He just was right. doing his thing and depending on God. Yeah. And like that, it's, it's so for anybody out there who's like, oh, I suck as being a dad. It's like, no, no, see that whether if you, you could be a great dad and completely ignoring God and that would suck. Or you could be an awful dad and depending on the God and it turns your heart toward yeah. God and you could be teaching your kid the best lesson in the world. So, you know, I think th- really to to in an unfair way to fathers everywhere we've we've labeled something daddy issues which are actually god issues right yeah right oh, like, good. Yes. Like, well like said. the yeah. the actuality is and the highest office that we can think of is well it must have been must have to, something to do with how your father treated you yeah. but in actuality yeah. that's where that's where most people's theology or like their their philosophy mm-hmm. stops there right. and that's the highest or the deepest seated yeah. thing they haven't gone that next layer of mm-hmm. like maybe it wasn't your dad's fault at all right maybe you projected something on right. your dad mm-hmm. or or you were <laughs> looking to get a favor right? yeah or you were looking <laughs> to get something from your dad you were never yeah. meant to yeah. get from yeah. him in the first place and that right. was supposed to come from god and i think this goes right it strikes right at the heart of I think the human issue and like that mm-hmm. we were, we are sons and daughters of God. Right. Like he created us in his image. And you see like in Genesis one, like not only are we in his image, but right after the fall, there's that, like, where are you? Mm-hmm. You know, the, right. Right. that, the disconnection between us and us and him. And it's, yes. it speaks to God's desire when he says, Hey, okay, here's how you're going to pray. Set he like, Mm. Waste no time. Right. Yep. Yeah. Our father. <laughs> yes. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like just right. yep. basically all the problems of heaven and earth are just reconciled in those two words. Yes. Mm. That's right. You know? Yeah. True. Yeah. Like yeah. the great commission and the great commandment mm. are fulfilled. And if you can pray our father. Right. With integrity and humility and honesty. Like that will, yeah. that will align yeah. you with. Like Man. all the prophet and the law are summarized in these two words. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you situate yeah. yourself right on the father's hat, uh, lap when you're doing that. Yeah, it's like sure. our father. It's like you're looking out at everything else when you say that. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. beautiful. What a, 
beautiful invitation. <laughs> yeah. What are some, what are some maybe like to, to get a little less philosophical and more like gr- ground level? What are some common ways that to your point, Dan, where you're talking about, you know, I apply my dad issues to, to, or like the way that I've filtered my relationship with my father, I apply that to how I view God. What are some common ones? So for you, you were saying, you know, I think God's going to be moody. I'm not going to sure. I'm not sure which one I'm going to get. What are some of the most common ones? I think that really, you know, in your life or maybe in relationships you've seen, oh, they're really struggling Mm -hmm. with their view of God, that they think God is this way. Right. Mm. And that stems back from a, a faulty idea of father. Yeah. What are some common I, ones? I think distant or absent, yeah. right? That Huge. affects a lot, right? Mm. And we see that modeled out. Like people certainly have, uh, and that's a, I mean, I am painting with a broad stroke there. And I do think that, um, I do think that it's an issue though with people, um, coming to a relationship or even having that perceived understanding that God is not interested um, or is distant or maybe, maybe not even there. Right. Like, and that's certainly attributable and that is certainly a uh, uh, pronounced character, general Mm. character flaw in, in dads. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think approval is is the other one. Hard to place on it a little bit. Like, that, that we would believe that we actually don't, we don't have to do anything to earn right. our heavenly father's approval because so many of us feel like we've had to do things to earn our earthly father's right. approval. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was slow to come. And uh, yeah, so we, we just project that on God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's been a big one for me personally. And I know a lot of people as well. Like, yeah. Oh, you mean I can just sit here and be Jay and yeah. my heavenly father, doesn't love me yeah. any more mm. or less than if I did the greatest thing right. the, I could ever do. To date, the most undoing prophetic word I've ever had was when I heard like the spirit say to me, I enjoy you. Yeah. Like mm. I still can't even say it without like yeah. tearing up. And I know, I know yeah. it seems so weird to just some random person might be listening to this, but like if you could, I heard the father's heart behind that and it just, mm. it annihilated me, yeah. mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And like, Again, it's how much of your life, and it's incredible how much of our lives, though, really are f- at that root. You know, for me, I, I'm a striver. Yeah. Like, I'm immediately, like, when I'm at my worst, right. it's, yeah. it goes down to that root that somewhere I don't believe that I'm valuable mm-hmm. or that I'm, I'm, that, that I'm likable. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Right. And I think there is a difference between those two words. Likable and valuable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, think, the enjoy was key in that. Like, yeah. when he says, I enjoy you. Like, it's not yeah. like I, I, I have to. You can't choose your family, you know? Like, right. that's yeah. different yeah. than, You're like, really I likeable. actually like you. Like, yeah. I actually like you. You know, right. that, that totally that killed me. Yeah, no, I yeah. get you. It's good. Yeah, shame. People don't know what to do with shame. They yeah. just have this constant sense of, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Mm. I'm, um, dirty. I'm, I'm dirty. I'm dirty. Wrong. Just, yeah, like two two key questions that just haunt me that I have to I have to really watch. One is, and and again, you know, picking on my dad again, but um, <laughs> but he said, uh, you know, who do you think you are? Hmm. Was like his go to get your attention, <laughs> yeah. you know, question. And there's no way to answer that. Right. Yeah. Like you have no idea how to answer that as a kid, yeah. as a teenager. Yeah. It was it was a definitely a dominating question. In all fairness, 
in the culture of the day in that generation, that was a common question to ask your kids when you're disciplining them. Right. Hey, who do you think you are? You know, like no time. Like, yeah. well, Dad, let me break big, up the list. A big thing yeah. in in our in our home was you don't talk back to your parents. Right. And I have to be honest with you, I still don't know for sure <laughs> what the heck talking back is. Anyway, right. I was accused of it a lot growing <laughs> up. Um, still haven't learned that. Yeah, one. I don't even know. Yeah. My mother said that I get this look on my face. You take that look off your face, and I'm like, uh, I didn't. I don't know. There was no look there. I don't know what to tell you. Um, that probably is the what really got me in trouble. Was there's talking back? I think I just defined it for myself. Yeah. But but the question was, who do you think you are? That's a that just it was not a helpful question. The other thing, the other statement was, you should be ashamed of yourself. Right. And there were times when I didn't have a sweet clue why, but because I respected my parents. Them saying that told me hmm. there's something I'm clueless about that I should be ashamed of, so I'd better go right. find out what that I was. Right. And so shame was just like so. I think there are people they just don't know what to do. Everybody deals with shame, yeah, but they don't know what to do with it. So yeah. it's the it's that lingering. Mm -hmm. Hey, my dad taught me how to feel ashamed, but he didn't teach right. me what to do with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Th that for that sure. One, yeah, for sure. I think for some people who maybe grew up with their maybe a father who was inconsistent not maybe in mood but in being able to like provide or maybe they lost their job a lot mm -hmm. or like right. people who were moved around a lot like that they weren't rooted and i think there's a sense of i know a lot of people do, like anxiety stems ultimately from a lack of groundedness or a lack of confidence right. that i can go to sleep tonight and trust that tomorrow i'm not going to wake up and everything's changed right you mm -hmm. know and i think mm -hmm. i think that that's mm -hmm. a that's a real thing for a lot of people yep. that you know yep. I, I never I, I never I don't really battle anxiety not like clinically like some people do and I think part of it does you know I have I can see the ways that my earthly father did set me up to see God in a certain way and I've never yeah. I've never thought of God as moody and my dad's not moody my dad's right. like pretty much the same all the time yeah which I don't know where where I came from but <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Hey, I, I, the Saunders side. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe know. they're they're not moody. They're just a little more uh, emotional. Right. That's the word. Right. But my dad's like kind of mm -hmm. pretty. Yeah. And then just like I never worried about if you know he changed jobs, but I never knew it. You know, like right. I, he yeah, never yeah. let yep. me carry yep. carry the stress of the household. Mm -hmm. He never dumped his stress on us. Yeah. You know, like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and even times where he was you know, working hard and my mom working hard. I never worried right. about yeah, totally. money, you know, right. I'm sure they did, Yeah, but never. Mm -hmm. So that's been, that's been huge. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Hey, since I've thrown my dad under the bus a couple of times, <laughs> probably <laughs> what's me, one more, let me, let me compliment him a little oh, bit. Okay. He, he was a full-time school teacher. He pastored a church in the inner city and with my mom raised five kids. Yeah. That's, that's a bit of a circus. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. hey, oh. he stuck with us. Way to go, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, but, you know, but, but the, the, the intriguing thing there is, um, is just uh, that, yeah, what I've come away from that whole thing is he pointed me to grace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like my dad never would have, if I would have, if anybody would have said, hey, could you go come and teach us a seminar on being a dad, he'd be 
like absolutely shocked that somebody would invite him to do that. Yeah. He'd come and talk to you about how you make stuff happen when you have nothing left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He could talk to them about that. And so he taught me that resilience. Hmm. But yeah. but just to just to rephrase something, because I think it might help somebody who's listening, it wasn't so much that my dad was moody, because he wasn't. He had basically two moods. Really awesome, amazing. And then when it just got to like it got to this place where a, a, a switch would flip right. and it was like in, in some ways this was a version of a man yep. in that time was men are awesome until you get them angry and you push them right. too far right. it, there, there was a there was uh, an entitlement that i'm the dad i'm the man i get to have a release valve right. and when the, okay that's it everybody to your rooms right Everybody gets a spanking tonight. Right. Like it was like, it was that kind of, mm -hmm. and, and it was all sort of a, and it sounds a little ugly to say it that way, but there was mm. a whole generation that that was manliness. Right. Was you're awesome until somebody pushes you to a point. Yeah. And then you had license once that switch got flipped to, you had yeah. license to lash out. Well, let's, let's move into the... Don't get canceled. I love you, don't Dad. Get canceled. I just wanted to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's move into the, the don't get canceled topic of yes. the day. All right. Excellent. Because I actually wanted to talk about masculinity. Yes. And okay. I, you know, I think you bring up a good point, though, yeah. like that maybe the, the extremes or the abuses of a prior generation get overcorrected in, in the mm -hmm. next. Ooh, and that's good. you have... You know, I think about the masculinity of my maybe my grandfather's generation or your father's generation or right. close yeah. enough anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there was a certain idea of what masculinity looked like. And, and it frankly had no idea how to deal with like emotions and right. and mm. vulnerability and honesty. Right. Like that's mm. my that's my assessment. Anyway, they mm. were pretty yeah. much closed boxes until they erupted. And, and when that happened, it was few and far between. But you didn't want yes. didn't want to be around for that kind of deal. Right. Right. And, uh, and then now though you have, you know, like as of last week or whatever, whenever this airs, you know, you have, uh, you know, like Harry Styles on the cover of GQ and a dress, you know, being right. applauded for the new masculinity, like just redefining right. masculinity. Right. And, right. and, and I guess to what degree do we need to discover healthy masculinity mm -hmm. yeah. uh, versus, versus like, yeah, what does it, what does it look like based on who got, I think it's interesting. Let me just say mm -hmm. it like this. It, it Jesus didn't say our father or mother, whichever you want to identify with more. Yeah, mm -hmm. like there's a reason why, and I don't think it's just because culturally people wouldn't have listened if he said our mother, hallowed be your name. Mm -hmm. God reveals Himself as a father. Mm -hmm. Right. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean He didn't create the feminine. It doesn't mean that He didn't create mothers. But He reveals Himself as a father, and what does that say about mm -hmm. the role of masculinity? Right. And how mm. we need to appropriate that as believers, not just as men, but like as believers in Christian culture, what are we losing in current culture? Maybe I'm asking too many questions now yeah. as masculine. I think masculinity well, is under fire. I like, think, I, well, think, I, I, really think I think everyone, I think no one is ignorant or especially culture is uh, ignorant to the, um, the dysfunction of fathers, right? Like especially historically, generationally, whatever in the past, the dysfunction of fathers. And I do believe that what we're probably seeing is what their vision 
from a from like what's a what's a worldly culturally response to the dysfunction of fathers, right? You're 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 seeing uh you know everything that we've talked about like like the the blowing up the absentee the the shame all of the sort of like the the downside if you will like or even the the, the dysfunctional characteristics of what it is to be a father you're seeing that and you're seeing society sort of try and correct that which i don't agree with but i do believe that you know to your point even what you were saying that there is a response and maybe you were going here but there is a response that the church and even believers need to show and even ha- this is a window of opportunity to come up and show this is a you know it isn't wrong it isn't even wrong to uh you know i i i, I keep seeing that um i don't know if it was like a dove commercial back like a year ago it was one of those woke uh commercials about like two boys fighting and this you know they came and broke it up and it was like talking about toxic masculinity and about fighting. And, right. it, and I think the response mm-hmm. isn't like there's something good in that. Like it's recognizing the good isn't the bad isn't that they were fighting. Maybe it's how they were fighting or what's the purpose of even fighting that it is, you know, there is a defensive and a covering and a protective nature that's sort of um, that it is. It is uh, it's just in a different one because because women are like this and mothers are like this. They they can do, but it's in a different way, right? And it's just like not necessarily that they're doing it is bad or toxic, but it's how they're doing it and even in steering it, steering it rather than than kiboshing it, right? I think the, like the, you bring mm. up a good point. So so let's take the idea of talk to- toxic masculinity. Mm. You know, I fear that we are in a time where. It's not toxic masculinity. It's masculinity is toxic. Right. And like mm, those are two different yeah. things. There is Agreed. a version of masculinity that's very toxic. Totally. Yes. For or, sure. or like masculinity as we've defined it. And there is a place where, for masculinity to be redefined and reestablished mm-hmm. and all Agreed. that. But again, I fear, I fear like we are throwing, just throwing the entire thing out and saying, yes, you know, let's, let's just, let's just be feminine that's that's really what yeah. that's really what what it's turning into yeah. is a per yeah. per the GQ thing is right. it's not masculinity you're actually flexing with your beard and your dress and you're and you're right. actually flexing the feminine here and it's not it's not toxic masculinity it's it's it, you're you're actually that's femininity right and it's okay that there's such a thing as femininity mm-hmm. and masculinity and masculinity is not toxic and I do fear that we are in a time where masculinity itself is under fire. It is being mm-hmm. viewed as toxic. We don't know how to raise boys. We don't know how to let boys be boys. And right. it's actually a problem now. Yes. And that's a, that mm-hmm. to me is, is, is uh, a little bit mm. con- concerning. Yeah. There's a, I think there's a, there's a vacuum for what proper masculinity looks like though. right in some respects like to your point like what we're seeing in culture is an overcorrection or an overreaction right. to yeah. a long trend of toxic abuse mas- abuse and toxic masculine right. abandonment um, power yeah. plays yeah. whatever it's not atypical for culture to hard correct yes against things right you know yeah sure see that across the spectrum yeah. so yeah my in that reaction, I, I just this question just keeps coming up. What is? I mean, obviously, yes. we look to scripture for what proper masculinity looks like because we, all of us around the table, most of us would say we have great dads, but 
they're deficient in some yeah. respects. So what is mm. yeah. a proper example of masculinity that incorporates, you know, all of the things that we associate with masculinity, right? You know, vision, drive, um, whatever, but also is vulnerable. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Also is okay with weeping or yeah, just wearing their heart on their sleeve yeah. or being compassionate and all those things that for so long, many of us were taught this is not what a guy does. Right. 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 Yeah. Mm. That's so toxic. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you could say that is to that's toxic masculinity yeah. when it is like a guy, it is when you say something like you can't be vulnerable, you can't, you can't weep, you can't do those things. Or if you do, you bear the shame of that and you have to go hide when you do that right. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that is toxic man masculinity as much as like, a, uh, an abuse of power yes. or a strong arming yeah. a situation or people that you are, you are like in the, in the, and I use the word, it's kind of a bad word, but even abusing that role in such a way that you're strong arming a situation that could be handled in a completely different way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do wonder though, like if this isn't a time like never before for the church to, to ask that question and to biblically kind of arrive at an answer and then courageously stand in stand that, on it. Yeah, you know, yeah. cause I do think, I do think biblical masculinity is an assault to at least to the, the, how we're defining toxic masculinity today. Yes. You know, like the patriarchy, yeah. right? Like, right. Well, yeah, like there's the, there is a clearly defined role of father. Like mm -hmm. this is a patriarchal prayer. Yeah. Right. I, like, I, and it's unapologetic about that. You're praying, right. you're praying to our father, yeah. you know, yeah. and I don't, you can be as frou-frou and new agey as you want and try to say, well, or mother, that's not, that's not what's in there. Yeah. That's not what it's, that's not what yeah. he said. So it's, it, it forces you to deal with it. But mm -hmm. I, I, to your point, Jay, I don't know if the church has done a great job you know, as, as often the case, we're too linear or too narrow, maybe sometimes like if you, you go back to, you know, I imagine when you were a kid, they were doing things like stockades and, you know, uh, like just real sort of mountaineering, you know, building stuff and, yeah. you know, shooting stuff. And, you know, like that's what men right. are, that's what men do. Well, no, not all of them. Some men like to paint and some, some men yeah. like to, like to sing and like, yeah, yeah, there's, it's, it's broader. And now we've thrown the whole, like, I, I think you look at the last 20 years or so, the church hasn't done very well with, yeah. you know, outside of men who have an artistic streak, like all of us do at this table, we mm -hmm. can hang in the music kind of zone. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have family members and stuff, for instance, that I'm just like really have a heart for, cause they don't care about music. Right. They don't care about art. Yeah. They could care less about that. They have a very hard time paying attention for more than, 25 minutes unless it's fixing an engine like they are your stereotypical dude yes. yeah. mm -hmm. and it's like we haven't figured out really how to redeem that and say god made you that way and it's freaking awesome yeah. you know Agreed. like um man yeah this is it's an, this is an amazing conversation you guys and i just feel like it's uh it's so massive i'm just looking for one place to even start commenting right <laughs> it's like oh my soul yeah. like it's so big but one one thing that i would just say is part part of this to me is we've we have really put empathy up on a huge pedestal that that uh the 
no matter who you are, male or female, no matter what the situation is, job number one is you have to empathize with everyone else. There's a, there, whatever answer you give, whatever standard you live by, it has to be in consideration of every possible person. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's, we've lost our respect for differentiation. We, we've lost that respect for, I know where I end and you start. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's know? that intersectionality thing, right? It's like, it's like yeah. So, so if you're going to actually claim to be differentiated, like you're going to actually choose to be an independent person who learns to be in, interdependent with others without having to become them. I don't want to yeah. lose everybody, but you get where yeah. I'm going with this, that we've made empathy job number one. So if you want to be a self-respecting man in 2020, you have to, first of all, be empathetic. Mm-hmm. Like, like in our world, if you're going to claim to be a quality man, the first quality you have to have is empathy. In other mm-hmm. words, you need to be sensitive to everyone before you actually make a move. And we've made an, we've made an idol out of that. Mm-hmm. So we're actually checking in with culture and everybody else around us to find out, is it okay that I am the way I am? Hmm, and right. we've lost that ability to, whether you're a man or a woman, we've lost that ability to say you are unique in God, and we want to do what we can, what we can to help you discover that. Empathy really isn't job number one. Like you um, discovering who you are in Christ. Identity. Is, identity. Identity is, is huge. Yeah. Um, but. Oh man, like I said, it's such a huge subject. It really but, is. This, but, this is right at the at the yeah. intersection of a lot of yeah. So for major... men, for men or women who are in love with a man right now that they wish could get some help, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to, to be, you know, to be a man on his own, we need to free men up to to not see empathy as job one. Like they need to figure out who they are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um. Talking about you know men who are are good at things or who enjoy things that wouldn't necessarily be ascribed to men in their culture are they okay? Right. Yes, they're okay. Yes. But the way to help them be okay is, you know, being an artist isn't everything. You are you are a man who's an artist. Yes. Um, and we instead respect of, men who are um, artists instead of. My artistry makes me a man. Like that's that's where we've like. Yes. Or if I hunt, I'm manly. Or yeah, if I right. the, like, it's like we've again we've mixed the we've got the yeah. cart for the horse, and we've mm-hmm. said these yeah. are the things that makes make a person masculine. Mm-hmm. This is what masculinity. There's looks some like. degree of like even uh, maybe the word is individu- individuality, right? Like it's mm. like there is that I, when I when I hear you talking, right? There's there is when you say empathy, it's that doing everything in consideration of others before yourself which is good, but there are some times when it's, it, it is like I have to do, like it is like that as for me and my house, there is that sort of like this is, the, this is, this is sort of, um, it is that individuality that says like I'm going to do this or I'm going to be this way, and if that off puts you, then that's just too bad. Do you yeah. know? Do you know? What I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I said that the yes. right way, but there is. Yeah, I probably I, I picked a complicated path for us to sure. step into. But, <laughs> okay. but no, no, you're not. That makes right. a lot of sense. I think right. that um, that the society doesn't actually like you're you. The three of you affirming me doesn't tell me who I am. 
Right. Right. Like yeah, I, exactly. I've got to know who I am, mm-hmm. yeah. whether you affirm me or not. It's awesome when you do, but right. your affirmation doesn't make me who I am, yeah. nor does your not affirming me change me. Right. Like in God, when I'm, when I, when I have that's what a I'm trying to get. At. That's yeah. the try. That's what I'm sort of yeah. trying to get at there. Yeah. Like right. if I am fearfully and wonderfully made as I am, before I ever take one step. You know, before I ever crawl, like I'm just there in my mom and dad's arms. I'm valuable because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. We believe that God already made me the way I am. Mm-hmm. And it's so we start with God and his design. When we move away from that, then somebody else has to tell us who we are. That's where I'm going. So That's where all the problems yes. start to come it, in. Yeah. Right? yeah. Any time you remove your identity from being received from the Lord only. Mm-hmm. From God only. That's if it. you rely yep. on anybody That's else everything. or any other defining characteristic, your profession, your achievement, your whatever, if any of the, if you allow, and we all do it, if you allow any of those things to define who you are, you've you, you've instantly stepped out of right that consistent source in what God designed us mm-hmm. to be and do. Yeah, right, and to think and to feel. Like I was thinking that even that whole time, like if you want to take like an age old stereotype or archetype, like the man who stays home to, to look after the kids while the wife goes out and works. Mm-hmm. He's no less of a man. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But men, right. men will allow themselves to be defined yeah. because that's been defined historically as a female role. That's right. Mm-hmm. For right. good or bad. It has, but that, that guy is no less mm-hmm. of a man and he can bring masculine characteristics and a masculine way yeah. of doing things into that environment. Mm-hmm. This is huge. Into yeah. the way he cares for his home, yeah. into the way he cares for his yeah. kids, into the yeah. way whatever, and still allow his wife. Like, I think that's a, that's a huge thing. And that's existed for generations and generations yeah. and gener- generations. And I feel yeah. like I just need to say to the men out there oh. who are staying home to do that. Yeah. You're no less of a man. That's, that's, well, yes. That doesn't yeah. define like your, your manship is defined by something else completely. Yes. Than, than your circumstance. <laughs> right? I'm going to take that word away. Manship. Your man, like your man card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, like so you're, you're hitting, manship. you're hitting right where we right the nail on the head. Yeah. It's like, so the old categories of masculinity, in like you know the say the the last latter half of the 21st century or whatever or 20th century yeah. uh, the, the, you know we are civil we've we've come to this place where like that's just like okay that's not manhood right, right. the stoic and, and the yeah. protest right. to that is we're saying manhood is everything and manhood is nothing yes right and and right and you know and I think there's a reason why the Bible, I remember, I remember when I was studying when we were doing this series and I, I spoke on gender, the Bible doesn't actually speak much to what it looks like to be male or female as far as how is expressed. Like yeah. it doesn't mean that dudes will have be will necessarily have a beard or, ha- or wear plaid. Yeah. It does speak to though, like, it does say unapologetically in the New Testament, like men act like men. Like mm. it says that. Right. And it does say like, don't try to flex on your own identity in such that like women in that time is like women don't shave your head 
right? It's mm-hmm. like women, you like don't don't try to don't and, and the, to the point. The point was don't try to look like them. Don't try to present yourself as male right. when God made you female, right. and don't try to present yourself as female if God made you male. Is right. ba- that the Bible does For put sure. that forth? Right. Yeah. But it does. It gives a lot of room though, so it doesn't. When it when it's when it comes down to the binaries, which again, if if we were gonna get canceled, we'd already be canceled by this point. Totally, anyway. So totally. when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes down to the yeah. binaries, biblically speaking, it's very clear on God created them in his image, male and female, he created them. There are two categories, but then yeah. it gives a whole lot of room for how that's expressed and yeah. what masculinity and femininity yeah. look like. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think though yes. the church has got to recover that no we do think masculinity is a thing and it's right. a needed thing because God designed it. Mm-hmm. And it, it actually, it actually carries a function yep. that when we lose that, we, we lose something that mm-hmm. like is, is critical to human flourishing. Right? Yes. Yeah. And, and yep. if you look at, and I know we're getting a little existential here, I forget what uh, sociologists I, I, was, I was hearing talk about this, but basically every civilization like human civilization that in recorded history that has risen and fallen. Like you look at the Roman empire, uh, you, you can see where near the end they started pulling at the building blocks of, of gender and sexuality and mm-hmm. gender roles. And they started blurring those lines. And that was like basically the beginning of the end. Cause those are, those are human flourishing building blocks that right. once you move those, the whole thing comes down. Yeah. And we're in that zone. We're in that zone sure, now. Yeah. They're they're just, and you're seeing it. And you're seeing that's that's where this 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 battle of identity, this battle of mm-hmm. masculinity, this battle of the patriarchy, all those things. Mm-hmm. That yeah. stuff is flur is just absolutely raging right now. Mm-hmm. And we need to like be the ones that we're comfortable saying like I'm a man. Yeah. God made me a man, and I'm comfortable enough in that identity that I don't need to project some image. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to flex yeah. something and I don't need to, and yeah. I also don't need to cast that away as being mm-hmm. wrong. It's not right. wrong yes. to be male. Yep. Yeah. 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 We are, we are very uncomfortable now with paradox, like to understand that there are things that appear to be opposite that actually holding them together in tension is where you find the truth. That's right. Yeah. Like we're really uncomfortable with that. Right. Like, uh, because just as soon as the Bible establishes never do this, always do this, you can pick out some specific situation in the Bible and say, hey, wait a second, what about that? Yeah. And you're like, yes, I know. It's, there's that paradox about life. Like, um, here's, here's who you are, and yet sometimes you're going to do this kind of thing. And grace and truth gives you that room to not freak out when you see a paradox in life, when you see, uh, like I was thinking when you were talking there, Jay, like when Lin- Linda and I were first married, um, this, this is kind of a funny confession, but it might encourage somebody. We would read marriage books and it would describe, now men, you're going to be like this. Right. And right. and now women, you're going to be like this. Women should not talk back but, when, but the when funny, spoken to. But Linda and I would read these books and she was the first one to say it. She goes, oh my soul. I have all the male characteristics. Yeah. Right. And I go, right. I know, and I'm like all the women. I'm the woman. Yeah. <laughs> and, That's so funny. And, and, and we just go, well, 
I really like you a lot. Yeah. And I really like you a lot. Let's make this let's, work. Let's make it work. Yeah. I don't uh, think we didn't match up to those yes. marriage books. That's a mischaracterization. Right. Like but, whoever wrote that book was mischaracterizing yeah. masculinity yes. and femininity. Right. Right. And I think the ingredient was grace. Yeah. We yeah. were like, okay, a, a person wrote this book. I was going to say a dude wrote the book. Yeah. He probably was probably a dude was. that wrote the book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so this person wrote this book. That's great. They're not God. Yes. Like, I love the kind of man you are, and I love the kind of woman you are. God is, God is our center here. Mm-hmm. And he's a God of paradox. He's a God who knows how to make things work. We never said, holy, maybe I'm not a man. Yeah. Maybe I'm actually a woman. Maybe you're like, like there was no discussion right. in there for us because we knew, hey, we can't, we just can't let those cultural ethics, as especially as Christians, we can't let those cultural ethics, whether it was in the 1960s when it was wrong. Yeah. Right? Saying like, good. It's like, you know, women, you stay at home. There better be supper on the table when I get home. Yeah. You know, honestly, yeah. there's times where I read that and it's like a dude wrote that. Yeah. A dude yeah. oh, wrote yes. that yeah. and she had no say. That's and right. like, yeah. and so I get, <laughs> I get funny. the, the, the we're, and now we're living in the time of the overcorrection. It yes. really is an overcorrection yeah. to it. And we, we also, so we as Christians need to not, we need to not get swallowed into the overcorrection either. And we have to stand mm. our ground and say, no, no. God made them male and female yeah. and I am a man and that does and here's the here's the hard pushback it does mean certain things of me right mm-hmm. not what the 1960s workplace pamphlet said you know like on yeah like this is I'm picturing yeah. the That's I'm picturing funny. the woman in a tight skirt and the man's <laughs> yeah. like like looking at her right yeah. like yeah. it's not what that says it's what yes. it's what the scripture yep. requires of me and I do have to back to the our father thing I do yep. have to take my cues on if God is my father then I need to look at his fathering qualities mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I need to I I need to hear that calling to me as a father yeah. right I need mm-hmm. to be more like that yeah. I don't see anything in there about God dressing a certain way or yeah. expecting a meal at a certain time or expecting certain types of service or in fact yeah. when I see fathering at its best it's generous and selfless right and like if I can sum up I, I am, I, I know, and this is where the battle is. I know I am being the best dad and husband when I don't get mine very often. Mm. Right. Like, yeah. at, like yeah. at the, I'm, yeah. I know, I know somewhere yeah. deep down it is. And I, and I'm not saying I hit this out of the park all the time. I don't, I'm, I'm a selfish kid half the time mm-hmm. right i thought like, you were gonna go straight for the I son was, of a i was gonna, <laughs> I, was gonna <laughs> I was gonna i didn't want i, I didn't you. want ron to have to bleep it yeah, out yeah. i but hear like, you i feel you when i'm when i am I the best husband <laughs> it's yeah. when i'm dying to myself yes. oh, come and when, on. And when yeah. i'm the yes, best true. dad it's when like oh, i guess i don't i guess i don't have time to yep. to to do that to go on social media i still my son my yep. kids require this of me like and what i go to bed tired yeah Like what, like that to me, that's a father. That's a man. Mm. It's someone, it's someone who gives and like, you know, that's why that like catch the catch 22. I've, I've heard the, you know, husbands, you know, know, wives submit to your husbands. Yeah. (laughs) And then husbands love your wives. Like Christ loved the church. That's a higher standard, which is tough. That's a higher standard of surrender. That's, that's saying the same thing, except pulling the Christ Trump card on it and saying, right. Yep. Here's the standard. 
Yeah, lay down here. Oh man, you could you could go somewhere really wild with how Jesus submitted to have a bride. Yeah, like Jesus entered our insanity and paid every price needed to have us for eternity. Like, Mm -hmm. like uh, he absolutely you you go into the Hosea thing gave it up. Yeah, he paid he paid he paid for a whore. Yeah, Yeah. basically there you go. Who yeah. Come on. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's yeah, it's huge, right? Like Yeah. Like we is. are we are yeah, he's he, the way he submitted to everything he did to have us is just unbelievable. And that's yeah. that's that's a man. Like that's yes. and that's what a father does, you know. So mm. It's, wow. And I mean, he, he's got to start landing the plane. I think I was thinking as we were talking, it, it brings the, the parable of the two sons to mind, right? Like right. the, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been called the prodigal, the par- parable of the prodigal son, but really it was right. about two sons that both had identity issues that were from a jacked up vision of their father. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like son yeah. one went and squandered everything because nothing matters and I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll get mine and do mine. Yeah. Which, and I mean, if we want to cut, bring, bring this, Correction and overcorrection conversation in the yeah. two categories. It's licentiousness and legalism. Perfect. For yep. sure. The whole thing is, yeah. it's yeah. like, I'm going to be on GQ and I'm going to wear a dress and a beard and that, and you can't tell me. And it's licensed, right. it's licensed to yeah. just to flex however I feel. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the prodigal son. And he, he had a, he had a frigged up view of the father. Yeah. Right. And, I, sorry. Yeah, just, no, I was going to say this. Like, I think, I think we're, we're, we're touching on this and maybe this is a way to sum it up. Is that from a from a from a worldly perspective, it's that function dictates identity, like like what you do actually speaks to who you are. When the godly perspective, the way that we've created, is actually function comes from identity, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't it doesn't affect. It's actually out of. So function doesn't actually speak into. And we say that. I mean, that's, that's core. It's not just fathers, but it's actually that function function never gets to dictate who i am who i am dictates how i how i function and we say like mm. we twist that around yeah. and say you know that 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 it's like it's like that it expresses its way in wearing a dress on gq it's like toxic mascul- masculinity is wrong therefore i'm going to modify the function, it. function and get to speak into identity right perfect like right? is like is is yeah. Jesus a lamb or is he a lion? Right. No, he's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. So he's a lion when he's a lion. He's a lamb when he's a lamb. Right. But he's Jesus. It's right. not. Anyway, so function. Yeah. Well, Jesus, you only get to be a lamb. I'm sorry, because that's what a Jesus is. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's right. like, no, yeah. no, I'm Jesus, yeah. and I'm the lion and the lamb, right. and whoever else I need to be. Well, and, and, just sorry, just yeah, one so second go. about yeah, just go. about the, the identity thing, and I, I think that speaks back to what you were saying, Jay, yeah. about we the only there is only one person who gets to speak into our identity, and that's our Creator. Yes, mm-hmm. right. And I think that's a that is a point that's critical and core to the Christian worldview is that, and like that's what we believe is reality. And I think I f- I found I found myself when. And I can say verifiably that I am a, a testimony of that, that the times where I have surrendered who I thought I was to the Lord, to my heavenly father, and allowed him to speak into that, that's actually shifted mm-hmm. 
my my function that's actually changed mm-hmm. my function yes right and so i yeah. think that's a real real core issue and i think that's totally. such a we need to we need to um like that's the hill there's that's there's the fight in there yes. that yeah. actually allow sorry just to, i was just gonna say that's you know, the father and that's back to your story that yes. is the father right right when both of those boys were ready to be ready to listen to dad yes he told them who they were right right yes totally yeah. yep. you're mine you're mine yeah both of you there you go. Come to and the you party. both have messed that up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, I love and, it. And, yeah. You know, like the, for the listeners yeah. who are yeah. not hearing, they're not hearing through the, I love the fragmented conversation <laughs> of the fact that we're friends and we talk to each other a lot and we're right. finishing, finish each other's sentences, <laughs> yeah. you know, but yeah, like there's the younger son and then the, the older mm. son had a vision of the father that, mm. you know, well, this is what it looks like to be a son, I guess. And if I get to do this, then the father yeah. will, will repay me in kind. And, yes. and, and in fact, the, the more I read that, that, uh, parable, the more mm. I think Jesus was actually speaking primarily to the, the moral insiders than right. he was the, yeah. the moral outsider prodigals. Mm. Yeah. Totally. It's actually, we're mm. more, we're actually more likely to, to, to be jack up the yeah. identity and the and the father piece like the the, the kind of legalism and, and now we're seeing that even now like there's a in modern culture there's a new pharisee there's a new yeah. there's a like i mean we're seeing cult right. tactics like cancel culture yeah. i mean the church the church has been doing cancel culture long before you guys got right. like we, <laughs> yeah. who do you think you are that's cancel our culture that's oh, our man. toxic yeah. awful dehumanizing yeah. thing toxic Christianity, wow. you know sure. like yeah. but it's it's you know anyway it's, it's this has been it's good this has been uh refreshing and and good gentlemen thank you mm. Thanks for yeah. being on. So, uh, wow, it's good, guys. Yeah, we are sons, and he is a good father. Sure That's is. who I am. Yeah, That's right. Mm. I am who you say I am. Come on. Amen. Amen. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Thank yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did and that you got a glimpse into not only your design, but God's father heart for you. Hey, as always, we'd sure appreciate you helping us get the word out. Share this on your platforms. Leave us a positive review and we'll see you next time.